Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, House of Pod family. This is Kaveh. Before we get to the show, I have a quick disclaimer. Um... We use some salty language um, in the intro, so, you know, if you're listening with kids around, why? You probably shouldn't ever for the show, but some episodes might be a little bit worse than others. This is one of those. Don't have them listen to this uh, first part. We uh, are talking about some adult topics in the beginning. Um, Sorry, we didn't mean to. It just sort of happened. We never planned for that sort of thing. Anyways. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the House of Pod. Cha 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 cha. It's a. I was thinking of a new theme song. Um, it was pretty good. It's a work in progress. I didn't like the cha-cha-chas. The rest sounded like a nice commercial jingle. So maybe that'll be our second, third, fourth career is a commercial jingle writer. It's just like that TV show. Everywhere you go, everywhere. There's a heart. There's a heart. Hey, uh, let's do that. I could be a great ad man. Give me a product. I'm going to give you a jingle for it. Any, just name any product. Mm-hmm. Coffee mugs. Coffee mugs. Get one now. Try, try another one. Try another one. <laughs> Um, bookshelves. Bookshelves. You need one. Now. Okay. I'm two for two. <laughs> Go, keep going. Okay. This is good. Yeah, cool. Um, okay. Uh, vodka. Give me like a brand, like a name. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. Patagonia. I mean, Respect the process here. Patagonia. Sorry, pa- Patagonia vodka. Patagonia no. vodka. You need one now. Yours is creative. This is mind blowing. I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> Stay tuned, listeners, for another 45 minutes of that. <laughs> really going to commit to this bit and just, just make kidding. A, just do it. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, at work in the last few weeks, it's happened three times now where somebody, you know, when we do colonoscopies and upper endoscopies, uh, a lot of patients ask, "Are you video? Are you videoing this process?" And you know, we always say no because I don't. I assume it's a storage issue. I don't actually know, or a litigation issue. Hmm. Like it's just too much information. Probably storage. That's a lot of data. And we do so many. Yeah. Um, You know, so we take a few photos that represent 
you know, how clean the prep is and, and the markers that we find in the colon and the stomach and during our procedures that, you know, not a lot of things are identifiable, but we try to do the re- a good representation, right? Um, and when, you know, a patient's moving or bleeding, you get that one photo that you're like, yes, that's amazing. So twice now, again, three times, sorry, in the last couple of weeks, I've heard people at work say, yeah, there's the money shot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I look at them and I say, I feel like that might be unprofessional to say at work in a room full of colleagues and also a patient who is sedated to some extent, but whatever, we all know that patients can hear and remember and might be recording what we say. And both doctors, one was a doctor, one was a nurse, turned to me and said, why is that unprofessional, Lizzie? And then I had, then, then we turned, you know, I'm talking about professionalism and being unprofessional. Then I had to tell them about porn. So is your experience at Money Shot, Hmm. would you use Money Shot at work and continue to tell our listeners when I say Money Shot, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Okay, so you're alluding to the fact that the Money Shot is the one seen in a pornographic movie where the man's ejaculate is seen. That's the Money Shot. That's that that's that's where the saying comes from. We think you you are correct, but in my naivete, to be fair, I just thought money shot was like a part of a porn, and I actually thought it was the woman, like the centerfold. I thought it doesn't matter, but yes, oh, I thought money horrible shot. Horrible, yeah. the money I shot. thought it was the centerfold. It is it is adorable, but I'm just saying, no matter what, I was right to think that it was nudity and porn and sexually, you know, related. Okay, so while you have been talking about this, I've pulled up money shot on Wikipedia. <laughs> By the way, yes, it's a, it's a weird thing to say, but I think it's used so much in colloquial terms now that it's past that point where we could use it. But let's let, let's look go to the root of it. A money shot is a moving or stationary visual element of a film, video, television broadcast, or print publication that is disproportionately expensive to produce. Hmm, that's not actually that doesn't sound right either. <laughs> okay, oh, then, then it goes down. Yeah. Then it goes down to pornographic film, and underneath it says. Uh, this is the name for a cum shot in pornography. <laughs> Sorry, parental advisory on this episode, obviously. Yeah. Uh, referring to the ejaculation scene as the money shot. Um, da, 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 da. So I guess you could look at it in two different ways. Mm-hmm. There is this uh, other meaning where they say like, it's because it's really expensive to produce. And then right. the meaning that people are really alluding to, which is like, that's the shot everyone's been waiting for. Right. So, and again, when we talk about the most expensive to produce, it's really the implication is the most important scene in the movie, the most important shot, right? Because that's where you're putting all your money in. Mm-hmm. And that is how people are using it at work. And they're using it very innocently. And here I come, tainting, uh, pissing, if you will, yeah. <laughs> golden showering, if you will, all over their yeah. kind um, gestures and rooting for one another to say, yes, nice. That's the money shot. And I'm all like, that is inappropriate. Please stop it. So let me ask you, did you actually mean that or were you just trying to mess with them? I didn't actually realize that. um, I thought money shot when you said it, the most common thing to anybody's mind would be porn. I just, that's what I assumed. Um, And so I said it to them. I'm like, you know, when the nurse said it in the room with me, I was like, oh, I I probably wouldn't say that. And she was like, why? And then we had a whole conversation. So now again, I'm probably going to get fired. No, there's a Um, lot of, I I really did think it was an inappropriate thing to maybe say in front of a patient who was sedated, for example. I, I, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess, I don't know. There's so many phrases out there where there are these, we learn these deeper connotations to them yeah. that do have worse connotations than this one. Like this okay. one, I'm not that offended by porn in general, so I'm not offended by it. Right. But there are sayings like rule of thumb. Like, do you know where that saying comes from? No. So there was an old timey rule 
that a man could beat his wife with a rod as long as it was no thicker than the width of his thumb. That's where the oh. rule of thumb comes from, <gasps> supposedly. So there's a bunch of these things. I like didn't know that. that. Yeah. yeah. And so those I'm like, okay, I can see why that's not good. And I, you know, I'm creative enough to use other, you know, words and other phrases. Right. Um, and I'm not a big fan of like phrases in general. Like, you know, when people say stuff like, oh, let's put up the flagpole and see what everyone else thinks. I'm not really stuck between a rock yeah. and a hard place. I never liked those things anyways, but I can, yeah. live with, I can definitely live without those. This one just doesn't, I mean, even if you do get to the root of it, I'm like, so? Yeah, like, so? that's true. I, those are, I think the term is idioms where you're like kind of making nonsensical comparisons. <laughs> a dummy. Yeah. Okay. No, idioms. Um, but you're right, I guess. You know, I have to say then the conversation did start going off into like, is porn okay? <laughs> you know, what is quote unquote a healthy dose? Is there a healthy dose? You know, and I start talking about how I think all like teenage boys and a lot of men use to, to some extent, I, I did think that was quote unquote normal. I'm sure every person is different. And then the question was like, well, what about women? And I'm like, okay, yeah, women too. But I think women prefer battery operated objects, but who knows? I don't know. We, t- we talked about this a little bit with our episode with Jenna McKay. Um, we talked about how like there's probably a very distinct line between normal use, uh, whether or not it's like you said, good or not, normal use and like uh, unhealthy use uh, or dangerous use. And it's probably like the same way with like video games, right? Like if right. you have a kid who doesn't like video games at all, there might be something kind of weird about that. He might be an outlier, but if you have a kid who's like insanely into video games and all he wants to do is play like first action, violent shooter games, and that's all that they want to do, there might be something wrong with that too. So it's, it, to me, that's, that's probably where it's at. There's probably some degree of normal use. There's just, it's called moderation. And um, I don't, I can't, I wouldn't be able to say that all porn is wrong and bad. There's, there are types of porn and I'm, we can all agree that like, pedophilia, you know, kid porn or whatever is like unacceptable hundred percent of the time, but there's gradations of a lot of this stuff, um, of, of just regular adult porn. And I don't know how to classify it any other way, but the point is, is that money shot, I guess is not so terrible. And I should apologize for, it it was a fun conversation. Like, you know, it became a funny thing. Nobody felt scolded or judged because we had a, a real conversation about it. But, um, I just, I didn't, I didn't know that it was something that we could use that went beyond porn at this point. I thought it started off as something innocent and then it became porn. And I thought it was only porn. Uh, No, I think it's used pretty commonly now, but uh, you know who won't use inappropriate phrases at work? I don't think. Um, Although I don't know how firefighters are really Um, is our next guest. He is the fire captain at Palo Alto at the Palo Alto fire department. His name is Hugo Godoy. He's been on multiple strike teams and he's been fighting all the fires here in Northern California. And um, we're really excited to have him on and uh, really excited to hear what's happening uh, from a firefighter's perspective. So stay tuned. And as always, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the House of Pod. You can also find us at Facebook and Instagram. Like us, rate us on iTunes. Um, Thank you to Nadim for help with production. And anyone else you want to thank? No. All right. Stay tuned. All right. Welcome back. Today, we have 
Hugo Godoy. He is a fire captain at the Palo Alto Fire Department. He's been the member of multiple strike teams. We'll learn about that. Um, and we think it's a really important time to have a firefighter on the show because as many of you guys may know, in California, it's been a pretty epically bad fire season. And uh, we're really appreciative, and we'll just say right at the top of the show that we really appreciate everything you've been doing. Uh, Lizzie and I complain a lot about the air quality we've been dealing with in San Francisco, <laughs> but I mean, you were the one really dealing with it. So we, um, we're really grateful that you're on the show today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the background of like a firefighter, like for you, what made you want to do it? What's the path that maybe the majority of firefighters take, or maybe there's no path that's set for any one person, but um, for you, how did it all start? Uh, for, for me, I, at uh, first I wanted to be in that kind of, some kind of public service. I always wanted to help people. And obviously uh, one of the ones I kind of went mainstream was being a police officer, kind of the public interaction. Um, then I did a ride along and then I got hooked, hook, line and sinker to be a firefighter. Um, became a paid call. And then for the last 20 plus years now, even greater now, I think we're going 30 uh, years now of uh, people I've known being paid call, becoming career firefighters. Uh, I became a paramedic. So I'm also a paramedic uh, firefighter and did that for years. Now I'm a captain. So now I want to do is supervise a couple other people. I'm still a licensed paramedic in the state of California. Um, and so um, the, I think the biggest thing was, you know, um, knowing that you want to deal with the public and being in somebody's worst day of their lives. When, and the way we, we look at in the fire service and, and probably any kind of emergency uh, uh, services kind, somebody's worst day ever is that's that's when you call us we come and we try to solve your problems that day or make it or at least try to make them better you know and that's what that's what we do in uh emergency services and uh being a firefighter especially we we uh we always say you have nobody else to call you call us even the cops call us you know they have nobody mm -hmm. else to call who do we call it's called firefighters and here we are what do you guys need you know and uh i, I mean I, i've actually been into the emergency room before where the doctors are like, hey, we have nowhere to go with this kind of um, incident, which we kind of be hard to describe on the podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, we've been on, on those uh, kind of calls and we had somebody on the crew goes, hey, I can solve that for you. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so was, it, was it something up a rectum? Because we can uh, solve that for no, you. No, it was something around the penis. <laughs> they needed oh the, man. They needed like the cutters, <laughs> like bolt cutters or something. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was definitely different. And I mean, you know, one guy's like, ding, I know what to do and went to work and everybody's like, oh my God, wow. And I mean, that's the great thing about the fire service is it's a team approach. It's not one person yeah. who's got all the answers. We all kind of get like, okay, let's hold on for one second. We all get collectively together. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's the plan. Your problem yes, solvers. Exactly, exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. Well, so, uh, I, I won't ask what it was around that guy's penis, but yeah, you, probably, right. you probably can't tell for HIPAA laws. But no. that, I'll just I'll just imagine that it was a cock ring gone horribly wrong. Um, <laughs> with, with, uh, with spikes. With, with spikes. spikes. So, um, just, so that's your story of how you became a firefighter. You, it sounds like you started pretty early, got into it pretty 
pretty quickly and you've been doing it for a long time. I've lived in California essentially my whole life. I have always known about fire season and I've seen it getting progressively worse in the last three to five years. It seems like it's gotten tremendously worse. Is that just my imagination or is it really getting worse? Does every year seem to be worse than the last? That's our, literally our joke in the fire service. This is the worst fire season ever. We look at it, well, it's the worst fire season ever and we keep being right. And it is, it's, it is absolutely crazy what has happened in the last 20 years? Yeah, I don't have the exact answer who, what, when, where, why, but it is. And yeah. uh, for us yeah. in the fire service and, and public safety, we have to get ready for next year. Yeah. Right. And you, you're saying you're working longer and longer and it's harder mm-hmm. and harder. And every year you're right. You know, um, it sounds like 2020 really has been landmark year for, for unfortunately so so many things yeah i'm sorry and in, in the fire service not just that i mean we, we had to deal with COVID too which is a brand new thing for us we have the cold and flu season we have our you know potential patients that have um, um uh, issues that we have to gown up for and those are pretty rare like we have flu season let's say so we take a little precautionary times throughout that time of year you know now it's COVID. and i was like whoa we've been going hardcore since february now you know, yeah. and yeah. now we're like fire season on top of it. It's it's definitely yeah. different. So the morale of firefighters, do you think it's holding steady, or do you think that yeah, this it, is- it is? We're we're holding strong. We know we we depend a lot on each other. We're there for each other, and that's one great thing is you're not sitting in an office by yourself or working by yourself. There's there's always somebody, and then we always look back. You know, as us old timers look back and go like, hey, remember when you're trying to get hired? You're trying to get on. Uh, probably as you two were at one time trying to get into medical school, right? Yeah. Remember that? And it's just like, okay, wait, wait a second. Maybe it isn't that bad. You mm-hmm. know, it's yeah. like, what am I complaining about? Stop yeah. for a second. Yeah. It, we don't have to have that. It's not really not that bad. At the same time, I mean, you have a really emotionally taxing and physically taxing job. And no just way. like you said, on top, mm-hmm. on top of everything else that's happening, this fire season and COVID, all these extra stresses, um, what systems are in place to help firefighters deal with that? You guys, aside from just each other, aside from talking to each other, is there systems in place to help you sort of manage these stresses? We do. We, we, we are, I'm very, I'm very fortunate to be in the city of Palo Alto where they do have a very strong um, uh, support system. We have a critical incident stress debriefing. So whether it's a critical call we went on that very second, or it's something where I got back after 17 days at the Creek fire, a couple of days later, I got a phone call going, hey, man, you okay? Because I know that was a stressful time. You're seven, just being away from your family for 17 days. And I have an 11-year-old daughter at home. Like, daddy, you know, it's just like mm-hmm. melt your heart, right? And it's just yeah. like, you have those stresses on you besides, you know, thank God nothing broke at home. Where she's like, oh, hey, we got a pipe broken at home, right? And it's like, oh, lucky me. Um, we had that, we have that just emotional stress of, what I saw at that fire, I'm not going to talk to about it uh, to anybody about. You guys have mandatory mental health check-ins. Is that yeah? If somebody calls me, protocol? go, "Hey, you okay, man?" You know, and it's it's, it's one of my other coworkers, and they kind of figure out what they're like. Oh no, I'm really good with him. Let me give him a call. Hey, you okay? You can call. You know, you can call me anytime. You know, and yeah. it's uh, the brotherhood slash sisterhood that we have within the fire service that goes like, "Hey." I got your back anytime. Call me 24 hours a day. You know, and that's, that's so, one thing I'm very privileged to have. And speaking of like this brotherhood and sisterhood, 
um, maybe I don't know if our listeners know, but I, I think it's about 20% or more of firefighters in California come from our prison um, mm-hmm. population. So from inmates, can you yes. tell us what it's like working with those folks? Um, and now I think Gavin Newsom just signed a bill saying that they can get paid more and that they can also get kind of a job sort of a transition, mm-hmm. if you will, um, that before they weren't really given a resume, it meant nothing, but now there's yeah. like a credit that goes forward. What is it like working with inmates um, on the fires? So the inmate crews, we were calling con crews, those guys were, uh, we really didn't work like side by side for them. They kind of worked a little bit separate to us. And we, you know, we see them back at base camp or whatever, but we really rarely interacted with them. But I'll tell you one thing, those guys, the work they do was absolutely incredible. Those guys, what they do is uh, what's called um, cutting line or, or creating a line through a forest or chaparral or, or whatever you want to create dirt. There's forest in a way. Those guys would go through there and clear cut whatever size you want in whatever conditions that I couldn't even, you know, half the time, like, going, how do those guys do it? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that it is something deserved. You know, those guys are actually looking maybe back at their past going like, Hey, I'm doing something wrong and I can do something right now. And I think it is something, you know, in the whole different subject, I'm sure we could get into our whole uh, prison system is, you know, a lot of guys are in there and they come out and they have nothing and they spend all that time in prison. And now it's like, what do I do? I serve my time, but I have nothing to put on my resume. I just, you know, that, you know, you have a blank slate of time in your resume and you're actually a great person, you know, but that doesn't do you any good. And I think, start for mm-hmm. that. I think we uh, need more of that. So it sounds like you have a pretty positive outlook on them coming to work with you once they finish their term. Now they can actually get a job as a firefighter. There, there are some great opportunities for those guys to come out there, especially in the urban interface. Those guys are in it in day in and out. I'm in the city guy. I'm in the city 90%, 99% of the time. The 1% I go out is on these strike teams. I train for them. I go out there. But these guys train all year round to, and those guys can be really, really um, important and functional. And these are the guys who can come through there and clear cut um, stuff away from your home in no time. Or- well, you, since you mentioned it, can you explain to our listeners what a strike team is and what they do? Okay, for a strike team is usually what is um, each city will provide one to two fire engines, so four people, and a total of five engines from, uh, from uh, multiple municipalities. So for me, I was what's called a strike team leader, a supervisor. All of us would get together, and we would go out as a team. Usually, it's twenty-one of us, and we'd go out there and we'd function as one team, but we're all from different agencies in the same county. That's what a strike team is. So this year got really crazy. We called rainbow strike teams. We get people from, they call it different counties. You have anybody, you have one person from, let's say um, one city, you call another county, you have this other city, you have other, and you actually get five together, but they're completely different. It sounds like an all-star team. Right, you're getting like exactly. from different teams. Oh, uh, we just get um, everybody together and we go out there and I've done it yeah. uh, three different times and usually it's, uh, we really um, get to know each other really well and, and work with other people, which is always the exciting part of our job. So 
you know, the fires clearly aren't going away, which is super sad to think about. Just Oregon itself is like, oh, I think maybe worse off than California. Yeah. So what, mm -hmm. what advice do you have for our listeners, for people whose homes are at risk? Like what, what can people do to help you and to help themselves? Uh, listen to your local, uh, whoever your fire district is, whether it's Cal Fire or uh, if you're up in Oregon, whoever your county fire marshal is to take heed, heed their advice to if they say clear 100 feet um, they'll be more than happy to come inspect your your um, property and the thing is with that is it helps us when there is a fire and it's coming down the line it makes our job easier but it helps us protect your home we want you to prepare and want you to help us yeah and that's yeah. what we want to do we, we want to help you we don't want to leave no home behind we want to save everybody's home out there. And yeah. the way to do that is yeah, we need help. I can't do it by myself. My, my crew and me and the rest of my team can't do it by my, ourselves. You know, that we need, uh, we need your help. Uh, everybody needs to do their part. Yeah. What you guys have to do and see uh, on, I, I suspect a daily basis at this point in the game is uh, must be intense. Just like, no matter what you do, I imagine, no matter how hard you work, no matter, I'm sure there's lots of times when someone prepares everything really well and they've done all the mm -hmm. clearing around their house they need to. Even then, you probably see some really bad stuff. I'm sure you see um, tragedy hit all the time, particularly these, these years, these last five years, it seems like. Um, how are you dealing with that? You doing okay with that? Yeah, you know, it, it comes and goes. I'll, I'll think about it. And there's a couple of homes, you know, we were just at and you're like, oh, yeah, it was fine. And something happened, the wind changed. And we were, it, was day, it was fine the day before. And we got our, our you, what happens on a, usually once you get settled into the strike teams, you get work 24 hours on, 24 hours off uh, rest time. And, uh, you know, what happened was uh, we were on a 24 hours on. We were, things were, we were doing things. And then we had the 24 hours off. And all of a sudden you hear like, hey, the wind changed. And uh, we lost that house. You know, like, oh my God, really? We worked right. so hard. You know, we were there. We only, yeah. if we could have spent, what was the other group? You know, just there's so many ifs and ifs or buts, but it's, it, it, it is very frustrating to know um, little wind change can change everything because, you know, you go so back to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, it's like the forest and what, and there's so much undergrowth that these fires go through and we call it, it's called a dirty burn. It doesn't burn all the way through the three or four feet of duff that's sitting there and it just burns a, the top layer and the wind changes and there's still fuel there and you think it's burnt and it's it isn't and it's just like you know just fresh gasoline being poured out there and it's just and it, there isn't there is no home you know and it is out there and um not to get political or whatever but it's like you know they, they talk about uh uh rake your forest and all that, or, you know, whatever he said. And it's just kind of like, well, you know, there's something to be said about the hundred feet around your house. <laughs> it's, it's, right. It's, there has to be some personal, I, I, that, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, there's always the argument of how much the state is responsible for, how much federally mm -hmm. it, there's a responsibility for clearing. But, um, and it sounds like a lot of it is federal that needs to be uh, held responsible for that. But regardless of your house, it sounds like everyone has to sort of take that into account. Everyone at that urban yeah. interface you're talking about has to mm -hmm. really be mindful of that um, because at the end of the day, um, it, it's not about pointing fingers like I think you mentioned before. 
it's about you know preparing yourself as well as you can yeah. um, we're here right now i don't know how to you know who cares how we got here we got to move yeah. forward and because that's so time will tomorrow is going to come that's what i did today I, I look at the weather every day the next 15 days and it's going to be 90 degrees and again you know 90 to 100 degrees and you're like scratching your head like okay east winds are coming again guys it's uh, you know and i'm th i'm already thinking fire you know okay what are we doing here yeah we're, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm, it's getting hotter every year it's gonna it continue is. to get worse what is the fire department doing how can you prepare for that what how can you prepare for the future at this point is it about hiring more people is it about getting the word out more what, what can you do i think a lot of it for, for me is uh, education um how do you get people out you know municipalities different cal fire and then but then I, with the whole COVID thing we're all um in our own little mess in many ways when it comes yeah. to now you know we we are we're providing uh, tax dollars to provide the fire service we're having cuts in my department severe cuts for the first time in, in our history mm. um so you have to look at uh, taking care of yourselves and preparing you and your family and having a plan yeah and, uh, and that's we're going to come back to uh you know everybody let's have a plan together we'll get up there as soon as we can but we're, you know it might be a while you know you're talking about like um budget cuts and that's a scary thing and it makes me think immediately about you know the election and all this talk about defunding the police do you feel like there's a lot of throwback or any sort of let's say shade being thrown on the firefighters or are you personally or your department or your you know your brotherhood your sisterhood because of a lot of the controversy going on with police departments and the talk of defund police, do you feel part of that, um, some of that anger or hostility? No, no, not at all. No, we, we definitely, I, I felt more during the uh, mortgage crisis, I actually felt more, um, you know, it was a few times I felt like it was my fault, you know, the way people would talk to us is like, you know, it's like, whoa, what, what do you mean? Because I have a, a job or I have a pension or, you know, right. I sit there and it's like uh, as a firefighter and, um, you know, we had people take food out of our carts in the grocery store. Wow. I'm not buying this for you. It's like, that came out, you know, we, we buy that in our own pockets. You know, we do, wow. we shop every day and that comes out of our own pockets. So back, back in like 2008, when the, mm -hmm. the market crashed, yeah. people were able because you're a public employee i guess right and people yes. are able to get yeah. a hold of your what you're being paid uh, yeah and they were holding that against you wow that's crazy yes. yeah, it, yeah. It, it was you know it still it still affects me it still bothers me today it's like you know it's like i, I you know i work 17 days straight you know now it's time in the seat it's like it's not like you know i got to you know, beachfront, <laughs> sit wow. by the pool and, you know, or, or order cocktails or something like that. It's, you know, it, they, it's like 20, they would say it's 24 hours on, 24 hours off. But reality was I worked my 24 hours off and usually the relief was about four hours delayed. And then we get to the base camp then we'd clean our rigs. And then we, by time, by time we got really to decompress about three o'clock in the afternoon after being up for all night 24 hours a day and you guys were residents back in the day and, and doing your residency and, and your eyes hurting and burning and you're like i, I just want five minutes to close my eyes mm -hmm. yeah you know, i just yeah. want that peace and quiet for five minutes yeah. and something comes across our radio and you're like really yeah. come on <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. and you're just like 
you know, that's time in the United States, that's time in the seat. Well, um, yeah. It, it sounds like you guys are not immune to politics, and it sounds like you guys have to not deal with some strange angst at times. But I, I have to say, um, we are so grateful for everything you do. You know, Lizzie and I, I mentioned at the top of the show, complain about the air quality in Northern California quite a bit. And um, at the same time, we, we know that we're privileged because we're safe. Uh, and we're safe in large part because of the efforts of you and your friends and you guys putting your bodies on the line for the rest of the people in the state. So um, I really appreciate that. Want to share that with you uh, and let you know how thank much you. we appreciate that. Um, thank you so much for coming on, telling us all the stuff. If there's, if there's anything you want to leave our listeners with, what would it be? I would just say uh, be involved, stay involved, you know, and, and whether it's in politics, fire prevention, you know, stay, stay involved in your local community. If you have a vacation home up somewhere, um, call up that fire district and go, hey, what can I do to make my home better? What can I, how can I help you? How, and then, you know, whether it's a local um, fire association in, in those areas or your local union, go, hey, how can I help you guys? get the word out and to make sure I'm protected. Right you know? So when I call 911, somebody shows up at my door. Cause I don't think, I, I would think that's the worst when nobody shows up after you called 911. I, I just think that's, you know, I, I grew up in a third world country and uh, I didn't have 911. And it's just, I would, I would say that is now growing up being here for so many years. I couldn't even imagine you call 911 and nobody show up. Yeah. I mean, that was just, and just, um, stay, stay, stay involved. And, and it's, I know it's hard because it's, um, all of us are busy. We all have careers. We all have families, but we all need to stay involved in our communities and our city councils and our county supervisors and all that and make sure our voices are heard. So at the end of the day, it's probably the right time vote. Yeah, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. a well. That's you know, a great way that's to close. Where it comes down to. That's that's a great way to close out the episode. Yeah. Hugo, thank you so much for everything you're thank doing. You guys. Really appreciate you coming appreciate on. It. Yeah, thank, thank you very you. much. You guys have a great evening. We'll see you guys next time. You want to try one more? That's just really quick. Fuck yeah. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.